Hi, welcome to Ask the Shirt. I'm your host, Mike Schmucky. Today is 8th September 2018. It's a Saturday, and this is episode two, um, which is about leadership, my definition of leadership, what it is, what it isn't, and uh, how you can try to determine, from my point of view, whether you're doing the right things and, and how you can grow. So, some housekeeping orders in first. Uh, as a reminder, I don't do any editing. I just go with it. Um, there, you know, I'll, I'll redo maybe my intro a few times, um, and then, depending on how close I am to the introductory portion, um, is when I will redo it. I might hit pause and get my thoughts, and then you know, hit play again or record again. But uh, I don't go and you know, re, you know, edit in between. So if I'm taking a drink or if I'm coughing or sneezing, you just you just kind of hear it. And uh, a lot of that has to do with just my ineptitude to. Uh, I don't know technology right now as well as I would like to, uh, and that's part of life. Um, my episodes are all out of order, so I'm redoing them all because I deleted them because I don't know technology, and uh, I just want to make sure that everyone understands that or knows that. So what is leadership? Um, my definition of it. So leadership is stewardship. Leadership is serving others. Leadership is fill in the blank. Yeah, people have a lot of definitions of what leadership is. Um, there's a couple books on it that I've read. Uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. The uh, the Servant is another one. I've got some education I've had to go through for this. Uh, I've read biographies, um, stories of people, so like Robert's Ridge, um, the glorious uh, the glorious cause, which is about the Revolutionary War, um, Flags of Our Father, Faith of the Presidents. I, um, you know, these are examples of things that I've read trying to develop. You know, leader, better leadership skills, and then there's just um, life skills and practical stuff I've done. So I've been in the Air Force 14 and a half years. I'm currently a first sergeant. Uh, all my opinions therein within within this podcast are my own. They don't reflect the values necessarily of the Air Force or the DoD. Just to make sure that is clear. And so, you know, as I've grown and I've tried, you know, matured, tried to do different things. Um, a lot of it, I, you know, it all comes down to leadership is people. That's it. Um, it's leading other people and looking at people as they are and who they are and where they're at and saying, they've got potential. How can I help them grow? And using your authority and your position that you're in to grow them to, into better leaders. And so that will help your organization, your unit, etc. Understand you are not the best leader out there. There are better leaders than you. And depending on what they're doing, the organization, they might not even be in the right spot. So, for example, um, my best, when I was a, an Air Force uh, personnelist, um, I gave personnel my best that I could, knowing that it wasn't my all. So I did that job for a couple of years and, and there are ups and downs about it. When I was in the readiness section running deployments, I was in my very up, very, very best because I knew everyone leaving where I was at 
uh, when I was stationed at the, at the Air Force Academy. All the instructors uh, that were heading to Afghanistan, the security forces members, the CE guys, they all needed the best equipment that I could get them. Uh, and so I did. I always put my energies into that. Um, we'd always make sure that they had the right gear, that if they needed something extra, we'd get it to them, we'd ship it to them, whatever, whatever it took to make sure that person was taken care of, we did. Um, that was a really great job. But then I'll be honest, like when I worked in the CSSs, I didn't, the commander support staff, I was not my best. I did the job really well. I just didn't give it my all. I just wasn't a good fit for it. Um, it was easy. It was a very easy job, but it wasn't for me. Uh, so I retrained, I became a medic. Um, that was better, uh, but I had to get tied into air medical evacuation to really start coming out as the leader that I need to be in the right position at the right time. Because leadership, you know, every, not everyone, let me put it this way, you have to grow to be a good leader. Uh, there are some that are like, oh, but they're always, they always were a good leader, the natural born leaders. I don't agree with that. I think that uh, leadership is because of the, your surroundings, your upbringing, etc., and that helps develop you and mold you into a good leader. And even those good leaders have faults about them. Um, General Patton, uh, great for the war. It took the, you know World War II for him to really blossom as a leader. There are decisions he made post World War One, for example. Um, you know, in Washington D.C., when he was the person, the member, the person in charge to kick out the vets um, during the Great Depression out of Washington D.C. Um, that was not a good decision on him. He was that was a poor leadership choice by him. He should have. Uh, in my opinion, told the president to uh, no, he's not going to do those things, and you know, taken the, you know, the just taken it, uh, the discipline that would have come from that. And we've got Secretary of Defense Mattis currently serving, um, still serving our country. He was um, the commandant of the uh, the Marine Corps. Um, he's the SecDef now. Um, General Mattis. Secretary of Defense Mattis uh, is a great leader for war. Um, and he's a very educated man. Um, and he's a, he's a warrior for warriors. I don't know how well he would do in the civilian sector running a corporation or a business. Um, and that's, that's okay. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't know how well I would do any civilian sector. I think I could adapt very uh, easily um, to the civilian se sectors because the requirements are different. There's less bullcrap I've got to deal with, but there's other bullcrap that's going to come up and I'll have to deal with instead. So, uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, at any rate, it took Aravac to really grow me and get me to the right spot. And I still have flaws that I've identified and I'm still working on. Um, and then coming to this, you know, to, to my current unit, which I won't, I won't say where I'm at, but uh, there's still a lot of growth that I need uh, to do, um, and I'm still working on with uh, with those that are around me. And sometimes, you, you know, it's one of those that I've also got to realize I'm not the leader in my unit. The commander is, um, and so all these things encompass right now my viewpoint of leadership, which is leadership is people. It's us turning around in positions of leadership or authority and looking at individuals and saying, hey, that guy's got potential. I'm going to give him, I'm going to challenge him with this and I'm going to educate him, uh, give him the tools. So I'm going to pull him aside. I'm going to sit down, train him 
and say, okay, I want you to try that, you know, try and do this, and this is why. Um, I want you to exceed, I want you to excel. And sometimes they're going to, and sometimes they're not. And that's okay. You've got to be okay with them failing as well. But giving people the opportunity to fail, um, that's extremely important. Leadership is not task management, though. It is not um, time management. It's not task management. It's not prioritization. Uh, those things are management. Management, you are taught, essentially comes down to making the bottom line better. So increasing profit, decreasing cost, the overhead, whatever it may be, streamlining the efficiency, making stuff faster, making stuff cheaper, making the quality of said stuff improved, um, removing excess people from the process to decrease your cost uh, of making that product. Um, those are management decisions, which is over stuff and things and things and stuff. Whereas leadership is looking at the people that are creating those things and stuff and the people that are managing those tasks and trying to improve things or make them better or just create that product. Um, the artists that are creating the t-shirts or the artist that's making, you know, um, designs, uh, you know, architectures or whatever, um, those are the people making things. Um, they are the reason the company exists in the first place because, of, because they're making those things and selling that stuff. If we flip it, what, what I usually see um, happening is that we try to manage people and lead stuff. Um, we value the thing, we value the product, we value the mission, but we use the people. And the problem that happens is that that person feels belittled. They feel as if you're, I mean, they're rightfully so that you're using them, uh, that they're not valued. And they get burned out. They see it's a toxic leadership environment, a toxic environment they're working in. Um, and that degrades the mission of your company, of your unit. It degrades uh, the quality of whatever you're trying to produce. And the morale is shot and people don't want to work there or they don't want to be in your, you know, in the military. And they, they get out and go to greener pastures maybe. We have to self-identify when we are the problem, which I think is, is covered in uh, my toxic leadership discussion. I think that's episode five. Um, and so, you know, we're not going to discuss that here uh, and now at this point. Um, do you have followers? So this is one of those moments where I had to pause it and now I'm coming back. Uh, just a couple seconds later, my memory is not the best. So when I shoot, you know, when I have these podcasts, I have a general idea of what I'm going to say, but a lot of it is just me talking. Um, I don't really have a script. I tried doing a script uh, as a draft for my episode one, and it didn't. It just sounded so mechanical that I had to. I just didn't. I didn't like it. Um, and so I, I don't have a script that I follow. And so right now I'm trying to remember what was I just talking about uh, to get back on track. And, you know, as, I, as I'm going to talk through this uh, to help us get back on that track. Um, you're managing stuff. You're leading people. Um, 
Well, I honestly can't remember what, where I was at. And that's okay. Instead, I'm going to discuss some of the traits um, that you can tell if you are a leader. First off, do you have people following you? Do you have people that are coming to you for advice? Do you have people asking you to be a mentor, to guide them, to teach them these things? Um, that is a way. Second, personality. So do you have people, I mean, around you, do you have what kind of attitude is surrounding you? Because those that are surrounding you are what you're attracting. So leaders attract people of the same mindset. Um, now, I understand that there are some that are like, but wait a second, I'm always a positive person and all I'm getting around me is negativity. Yes, that does happen. But what, you know, are you now changing their, their mindset by being positive, by shifting their direction and their thought process? Because what should happen is that they should be sooner or later, probably sooner, repelled from you because of your um, positivity. They should probably stop coming to you because you see things in positive lights and they don't want to be around that. Um, but if you are a negative person, you're going to attract that negative personality more and more and more. Um, and so that's one thing you got to think of. Do you uh, also, when you have those that are underneath you, um, do you empower them? So there are uh, a couple of things that people say. They think that they are empowering others when they're actually more micromanaging them. Some leaders believe that empowerment is trusting but verifying. That is not. What empowerment is, is trusting and enabling. Um, so essentially, like Theodore Roosevelt said, the best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he wants done and self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. To lead others, you've got to help them reach their potential. You've got to help them get, you know, if you, you see where they can go, um, it's stretching them beyond what they're used to. And there are stretch goals. They're having to force um, beyond what they're used to, get outside their comfort zone, but they're excelling while they're doing it. And suddenly now this becomes a norm for them and they're not stressed because of it. That's important to, to know and to differentiate from, this, from the person that goes down and then gets into the minute details. That's not a leader. That's a manager. And that person has gone past what uh, they should be at. So in other words, in the military, I believe that everyone is promoted one rank past their capability. And so what I mean is that you've got great E6s, so tech sergeants in the Air Force, that do a phenomenal job at, um, th at the job. They can uh, fix the aircraft. They know the job inside and out. Um, they can even take care of the airmen that they're working under, um, or sorry, that they're working, that are, that are working for them. Um, they've got the schedule down, whatever it may be. Okay. They are able, they're the technical expert at that job and they are great at it. And then they're promoted to master sergeant. Uh, they make it for whatever reason, somehow, some way, you know, the board sees them and they, they go to master sergeant and they struggle in the new environment they're in because a lot more is demanded of you as a senior NCO. 
they were put in the position where it now takes um, a they're looking at entire flights. They're managing. They're uh, managing a lot more tasks. They're supposed to be leading a lot more people, um, and they continue. They get down into the weeds on things, and they can't let it go because they still want to be a tech sergeant. They still want to be turning those wrenches. Um, and there's nothing wrong with saying, "Man, it'd be nice to kind of get back into that," but you got to pull back real quick. You can't stay in that. I wish I was still a tech sergeant mode while getting master sergeant pay. It doesn't work that way. And I see that a lot. And I hear it even that there are people that just, they just want to be a blank. Whatever their job is, they want to go back to doing that only instead of being the leader they're supposed to be that the Air Force entrusted them to be and to do. And so they've been promoted one rank past their capability. Um, and I, I, you know, I've seen it happen over and over, over again. And especially, you know, on the officer corps, I see that a lot. That there are there were good captains. Um, now again, my AFSCs are, are you know what I know is smaller than what maybe some others know. But in my experience, um, you know, once you have a you have a CGO and FGO, those are two significantly different things. And um, when you become a field grade officer, you need to be able to operate independently. Um, and trust your people to get the job done uh, whereas the the captains were a bit more you know getting it being trained um, and the LT lieutenants were getting trained to work with the enlisted uh, and what we do and how we do it and I've seen it happen over and over again where an officer gets into a position where they've had very few interactions with the enlisted corps and they don't know really what to do with us um, and they don't trust us and they were never brought up or groomed to work with the enlisted. And they've been promoted past their competency. And yet they're an officer, so we have to listen to what they say. But that's a different rant. Um, along with uh, other leadership, you know, I look at uh, what Jesus, Jesus did. Um, and how he served people. And his response to, to many things. Um, so yes, I am a, a Christian. Okay, I'm not a perfect one. I am a flawed believer in Jesus Christ, um, and that's just who I am. Um, but Jesus, you know, had a passion for things. For example, um, you know, in John chapter two, um, when he went to the, the Jewish Passover, what's happening? He went to the temple complex. Um, so chapter two, verse fifteen. He made a whip out of cords, drove everyone out of the temple complex with their sheep and the oxen, turned over the money changers' coins and turned, turned over the tables, told those who were selling doves, get these things out of here, stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. So he had a passion for things. Um, and, you know, within that. And um, he showed his followers that. He wasn't afraid to get angry. So having anger as leader and zeal for those things, it is okay, but it's got to be in the right place, right time. Uh, and you've got to have the the legal portion behind it. I mean, as God's son, he kind of had the right to do that. Um, but as the leader, he also turned around and served people. So here's God turning around um, and washing the feet of others. I mean, that's kind of crazy, don't you think? Um that during the Last Supper in chapter 13 of John, um, 
he washed their feet. And um, so I'll just read it. Chapter 13, uh, verse 2. Now by the time of supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with a the towel tied around him. This is a very humble thing. This is what servants do. And yet, he was also um, teaching them what to do. Um, so, going further down, when Jesus had washed their feet and put on his robe, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. This is well said, for I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to have washed one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. I assure you, a slave is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. So, right there, Jesus is telling us that, hey, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're better than somebody else. You've got to be humble with these things, too. And remember that, that we are there to serve others. And that's what leaders have to do with their rank, their authority, their position, is use it for others to help open the doors for those other people to get that to get whatever they need accomplished accomplished you give somebody a task and say hey i want you to i I don't know um i want you to paint this hanger blue okay or i want that i want the hanger painted blue your task is to is to figure out how to get that done and then you and then they come to you and say hey sir uh, we got this figured out. It's going to be this much money. I've got this contractor doing it. This is option one. Option two is that we do it ourselves. It's going to cost this much money and take this much time for us to do it. Um, option three is we do nothing at all. Maybe option, you know, it gives you a couple of different options. And the person in the leadership, if they're a true leader, they're going to turn and say, what do you think the best option is? And that person's, that the person that's been tasked should have the best answer and give it to them and say, I believe this is the best solution for you. I suggest you do this one and you go with it. What a difference. Because if the leader says, well, I want you to do this, he has taken that authority from that person. Is it the leader's right to do that? Yes. But they have now lost that empowerment. Um, And instead of letting that person run it uh, and just do it, they have taken the the power back. A leader is just going to continue to turn back to that person and say, your advice is what? Now, the leaders can make the ultimate decision and own that decision. That's fine. Um, Empowering is, again, opening the doors for those people to get the the job done and accomplished. If they also say, hey, I need you to go to accounting is having issues getting the money for this. It's your job to then go and help him get accounting figured out to get the money to paint the hangar. See how that works out? See how that ties together? And that's a long way of saying, this is my view on leadership. That's what we're there to do, is to help others, to serve them, to get the mission accomplished. And none of us are perfect. We're not getting, none of us are going to get it right the first time or the second time. But as time goes on, if we explain, if we continue to be calm, cool, and collected about it, we can become better leaders. Um, 
Thanks for listening. This has been Mike uh, with uh, Ask the Shirt. Appreciate you listening. And uh, until next time, take care. Stay safe.